We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app it's been a wild year for crude oil we've seen oil trade in a range between 69 dollars to nearly 120 dollars a barrel and oil has come down quite a bit lately as the economy appears to have slowed. Note the Dow theory, we talk about it all the time on the GAINS podcast, is still bearish. But what happens next? Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? And are the companies and and stocks involved in the industry poised to benefit? I'm Andy Gersher, and this is GAINS. All right, let's talk energy with Phil Flynn, senior market analyst at the Price Group and Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Phil, always great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Thanks, Andy. It's great to be back here, and it's great to be here when uh, gasoline prices at least have come down for a short period of time. We've had some reprieve, but it's been a wild year. Prices are still pretty high for comfort. Give us the setup here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, every time we hear from President Biden, you know, uh, talking about oil prices, you know, he, you know, recently he's been blaming it on the war in Ukraine. It's Putin's price hike, right? You know, but to be honest with you, it isn't the war in Ukraine that started the upward trajectory in oil prices. It's been the war on fossil fuels, not just here in the United States, Andy, you know, across the globe. Yeah, and they're seeing um, it across is, the globe as well. I mean, you just look at the the situation in Europe, which is even a lot worse than here. So it is is a, a global battle against petroleum, trying to move green before things are ready. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, if you look at what's happening in Europe, one of the reasons why Vladimir Putin felt confident you know, that he could invade Ukraine was because he felt that nobody could do anything about it. And why was he so confident that people really couldn't touch him, you know, and hurt him economically? It's because they're addicted to his oil and natural gas. And he knew that. And then meanwhile, they pretty much stopped all domestic production, shutting down coal plants, turning away from nuclear. They thought they could turn to Russia to tie them over until they came up with a true green energy solution that, you know, frankly, remains to be seen. And I've always said that Europe's dependency on Russian energy actually helped finance the invasion, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, they did. And, you know, especially Germany, you know, and, you know, I always think it's kind of funny because President Trump warned Germany and Europe 
um, years ago, you know, that's, you know, really wondering why they want to become more dependent on Russia for natural gas and build pipelines when the United States is a much more reliable uh, supplier. Um, and, and they laughed at President Trump. Oh, but President oh Germany. Trump was right on. Uh, Germany ridiculed yeah. him during that. And you know what? That's exactly what is happening right now. They uh, abandoned producing domestically. They gave up on nuclear and said, oh, okay, well. Which until, is crazy. Yeah. Talk about uh, uh, one of the most efficient, clean ways of um, producing energy. And then the fact is, and everybody will then cite, well, how about Three Mile Island? Technology's come really, really far in the last 40, 50 years, especially on the nuclear it power, <laughs> power uh, plant front. I mean, let's just say during uh, Three Mile Island, I was playing the Atari 2600. Okay. Right, have you have you seen exactly. video games lately? I mean, that kind of puts it in perspective. But yeah, yeah, yeah go right. ahead. Well, I, I well, I actually couldn't afford one of those Atari, so you must have been a rich kid. But yeah. anyway, yeah, no, my, my, it was my, my parents. Back in the day. <laughs> it was Santa. Yeah, there it was you go. Santa who who, yeah, who hooked Santa. me up. Santa's having a rough year this year too because did you look at the price of coal? I'm telling you, so all the bad little boys and girls they're going to make out this year because coal's at record highs. <laughs> they uh, want they want to take that that stocking full of it and then turn it back on the market. You know, and this is the funny thing about this green energy farce, and and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we got to save the planet, we've got to shut down, you know, uh, nuclear power plants, which by the way is the only uh, major source of energy that uh, actually has no greenhouse gas emissions, none, zero, zippo, um, and, and, and kill pipelines and, and become more reliant on wind and solar and electric cars that you know people don't realize to charge your electric car. You know, it has to be charged by electricity, which is more than, more than likely these days is being powered more by coal, right? Because of the energy crisis in Europe, you know, they can't get enough natural gas. We're burning more coal. We're burning more dirty oil. Um, and, and how does the Biden administration respond to this? You know, do they go to the U.S. energy producers? Oh, oh no, and say, they go to hey, Venezuela. You know, yeah, and see, that's the, the other thing in all of this is they have turned to Venezuela, which their oil is not as clean as North America. I mean, everybody knows North America has some of the cleanest energy on the planet. But instead of going domestically, which we would love to have those jobs and, and, and that production here in the United States, they're going to Venezuela. What, what's up with that? How can you explain that, uh, Phil? You, you can't. It, it's because it's it's a broken ideology, right? And it disjointed energy policy that doesn't make any sense. I mean, the Biden administration, you know, in President Biden's unguarded moments, he'll, he'll tell you he wants to put oil and gas producers out of business. And, you know, but then on the flip side, uh, Mr. Kirby, who's stand, standing in for press secretary about um, you know, this move to Venezuela. And he's like, well, we've issued 9,000 permits to the U.S. oil and gas industry, and they're not drilling, which is totally misleading. First of all, they haven't, you know, first of all, the number's wrong. Some of those leases that they released have been from, you know, the Trump administration, and, and they put on drilling moratoriums on federal lands, they've put on new regulations, they've canceled pipelines. So don't believe you know, the lies, you know, believe what they're really doing. And what they're doing, of course, is they're restricting U.S. energy, oil and gas production. And to make up for the void, they're making the same mistake Germany did when they became more dependent on, on Vladimir Putin, right? They, they became more dependent on other countries, you know, like Venezuela. 
and Saudi Arabia and OPEC when the only thing we could do to really enhance our energy security for a clean energy transition is to be the biggest producer in the world. Under President Biden, energy production has gotten dirtier around the world. We're burning more coal than we did under President Trump, a lot more coal. We're burning a lot more dirty oil than we were under President Trump. So President Biden's you know, green energy policies are failing miserably. The environment's worst friend is President Biden. Ultimately, energy impacts everything. You know, even though we've seen prices come back a bit, gosh, diesel's still pretty expensive too, Phil. Um, it's pretty darn expensive. Yeah, it really is. What happens here? Oil is in every part of the economy, whether you like it or not, okay? It's in the clothes that we wear, okay? It's in the cars that we drive, right? Um, it's in the in the fuels that heat our homes. Um, and, and so when you start to make policies that are designed to make prices go higher, um, it's going to impact the entire amount of the economy. So if you look at energy prices, how much they've gone up, 40% on heating oil, electricity prices up 30 or 40% over where they were a year ago, that puts inflation on everything because every business needs it to, to, to bring goods to your house, whether you shop through Amazon or you go to the grocery store, those goods have to be transported, um, whether they come from rail, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, everything is more expensive and the consumers pay for it. Now, you know, President Biden wants to to blame uh, President uh, you know Putin for everything, but this was the president that told us that inflation was transitory. This is the president that told us that his energy policies had nothing to do with the price of oil going up. Uh, when anybody who's watching this knows that that's not true, what happened? What happened President day Putin. one? Yeah, Keystone Pipeline. He didn't even, you know, he didn't even get the White House office, you know, cool wet before he started writing executive orders. More Does executive that set the orders precedence? than any president within the first. Yes, it set the precedent, yeah, and then, and, and and then, then demonizes. So that set the precedence, which then demonizes the industry, which then makes yeah. investors tentative. And so there's a pullback of of capital going into it. Boy, this is this, you know, when as we're talking yeah. about this, is this going to be a long term drain on the economy? It, it doesn't seem like there's a, a, a lot of uh, light at the end of the tunnel here. And this could be a long, long ongoing thing, Russia or not, or, or, or some of the other factors that they cite. You know, one of the great things about this country is we have elections. And if the American people wake up and smell the coffee, it can be reversed. We'll be right back with Phil after a quick break. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gaines episode drops. We drop Gaines episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back after the break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, back with Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst, 
at the Price Group here in Chicago. Well, Phil, as we were heading to break, we came to the realization that things are not likely going to change for a while. It looks like we're only getting started uh, going down this path. Yeah, it seems like the question is how, how how can you screw things up so bad in just two years? I mean, it's almost amazing, right? I mean, when you look at the energy, you know, we were basically the energy producer that changed the world a few years ago. OPEC feared us. They feared that we'd raise production. You know, now we're begging OPEC for oil. That's within a couple of years. You know, I mean, listen, I mean, President Biden has taken – a, a victory lap for, you know, the price drop, releasing oil from the reserve, probably had a part in that. But, you know, that's a short-term solution. It doesn't solve the long-term problem. And and once you stop releasing oil from the reserve, which is going to have to happen at some point, then, you know, what happens when you get a real market? We released oil from the reserve this week, and, you know, we, we had a report that the supplies drew down 7 million barrels. It would have been 8 million barrels without the SPR release. You can't keep doing it. And when it ends, it's not going to be nice. That's our strategic petroleum reserve. Yeah. Isn't that for emergencies not to pad until you run out and then then you're stuck i mean and how much how much is left yeah. in there i mean they've really been tapping it all along throughout the whole summer yeah. and fall and so i mean what do we have yeah. left there i mean let's factor you know yeah. tapping that empty and that you know that's even just another problem and god forbid we have some kind of conflict no i i agree with you i mean the supplies right now are at the lowest level they've been since 1984 and no president has drawn down as much oil from the strategic reserve uh, you know as, as president Biden has. It's never happened before. You know, now they're talking about <clears throat> potentially refilling the reserve at a consistent price around $70 a barrel. So we're going to end up having to pay to put that oil back into the marketplace. Um, so we're looking at inventories. The, 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 the reserve is less than half full now, right? It, under President Trump, it was probably Pretty brim, much at right? a full level. Yeah, they they started to release oil for the reserve for 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 um, reasons to pay for the budget because they probably didn't need that much, <clears throat> but they they have totally mishandled the reserve. Um, I've talked to people in the industry that are concerned that if they keep drawing down the reserve, it's going to be less effective. They're not going to be able to able to respond to emergencies as quickly. The quality of the oil in there is going to be less. So it, it's become a big problem. And and the thing is, is that, you know, one might argue the case that the war in Ukraine justified the release from the reserve. Even if I give the president that, let's say I say, OK, there's a war in Ukraine. All right. That gives you political cover for a so-called emergency. But let's go back months before the war in Ukraine. President Biden was releasing oil from the reserve for political purposes months before this, right? You know, he started releasing uh, oil from the reserve in November of last year because he wanted to send a message to OPEC and try to control the market. So this started long before the war in Ukraine. So don't don't believe that this was um, because of the war in Ukraine. This has always been about trying to pad the political capital of President Biden. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, he's taking a victory at lap today. Let's talk in two months when it gets really cold. Let's see if he's still taking the same victory lap. I'm sure he's, you know, he loves to take credit when prices go down. Is he going to take responsibility when it gets cold and prices spike this winter? I don't think he is. I think he's going to blame Vladimir Putin. So, Phil, in the end, how does that impact the economy? 
and then also players in the industry, oil companies. You know, you ever play blackjack and you're on a hot run and you're making a lot of money, right? You know, and then you, you, know, you tell the story and it's like, oh my gosh, I made so much money. You know, did they ever ask you what you did last night at the casino? It's like, well, no, I don't want to talk about right. that. I mean, that's the way it is with the oil companies, right? Oh, oil companies are making record profits. Uh, this is horrible. How, you know, they're war profiteering. I don't remember anybody in the Biden administration concerned about the oil companies, you know, a couple of years ago when they were making record losses. Yeah, right? when 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 crude oil when was they, negative, yeah. like neg- negative fifty yeah. a barrel, something like that, wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and let me tell you a little story too. Back then, President Trump said, "Hey, look at oil prices are cheap. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, oil prices are at twenty five dollars a barrel. Why don't we just fill up the strategic reserve to the brim?" Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, because we're going to need that oil someday. Oh, no. You know, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer killed it uh, with his vote, said, no, no, this is just a bailout for big oil companies. We're putting oil company. We're not trying here to help out oil companies. We want to put, you know, basically we want to put them out of business. Now you got the same administration telling you they want to buy oil at $70 a barrel after they sold it. You know, um, so apparently fossil fuels uh, for the um, you know, the, the leading Democrats in the Democratic Party uh, are only um, useful when it, it helps their political uh, agenda. Do you think we dip into a recession because of all this mismanagement? We're, we're probably in a recession. Um, maybe not. You know, we've had the traditional definition of negative growth. I don't think it's a hard recession. There are some people that are predicting a very tough recession. I know there are people out there that are struggling right now, and I know that when it comes to those gas bills and when it comes to their heating bills, you know, I, I saw a report that one in six Americans are, are, are behind on their heating bills, right? Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's terrible. Yeah, that, that's, right? that's, I mean, that's staggering, and, and it's – That's staggering, you know, and the thing is I don't see it getting better this winter. You know, instead and – then, and then, you know, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but you've got the Biden administration. President Biden goes to the COP27 conference to save the planet. You know, we're going to – you know, we're going to pay reparations. That's a word they're using. Reparations to poor countries so they can replace place coal plants. Billions of dollars. All right, I don't know about you, Andy, but you know, before I start sending billions of dollars to pay climate reparations to some country you know, around the globe that's going to be divvied out to people I don't know or to you know, by, by you know, not overseen by anybody that I know. And, you know, uh, and you know how those you reparations know, go to people. you just go to the, to yeah. a handful of the lead who negotiate them. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, here, here's a dollar here. Oh, we feel bad for Africa. And oh, here's a company that donated here. Let's give them some money. They're going to build some green energy plants. And it's like, you know, you know, I mean, I'm more worried about people staying warm this winter. I'd rather have the government, you know, come up with a program and say, hey, we screwed up, guys. You know, how about some low interest loans or something to get people through this winter? That's what we need. You know, not, you know, spending billions of dollars to the U.N. or billion dollars to countries that don't like us, you know, to to save the planet when people here are, you know, aren't worried about the planet. They're worried about staying alive this winter and staying, staying warm and not freezing to death. After seeing all the covid funds that were distributed and a lot, a lot of covid fund money just missing those type of programs or that kind of mindset 
I, I just uh, they don't generally end up in the hands of of the people they're in intended yeah. for in the first place. I know you got to go, Phil. Right. As we wrap up today's yeah. Gaines podcast, what's uh, your closing shots or takeaway from today's conversation? Well, you know, I mean, we saw an amazing drop in oil the last couple of weeks, but beware of the Ides of Thanksgiving. Around Thanksgiving every year, everybody says, oh, oil prices, they crashed. We're going to keep going down. Don't bet on it. I think we're a lot closer to the low, sadly, than we are to the high. So, you know, we like the energy companies. Uh, you know, n- normally don't recognize stocks, but I'll tell you personally what I'm doing. Uh, we're doing Synovus. It's a Canadian uh, producer. We're doing that. Um, Suncor is one we like. And your good old-fashioned ones. You know, I mean, I, I everybody when I used to talk about ExxonMobil a few years, oh, that's so boring. It's not doing anything. Well, take a look at ExxonMobil. We saw record highs in that stock. It, it, I, I, you know, remember they used to be the biggest company in the world, and the oh. way things are going, I wouldn't be surprised if we're headed in that same direction. I love Exxon Mobil too. The ticker on that is XOM. And then recapping the other two uh, companies that you just mentioned, uh, Phil Suncor, uh, the ticker on that SU, and then you mentioned that Canadian company Synovus, and and the ticker on that is CVE. So. There's three really interesting picks and, 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 and each a different company in that space. Big thanks to Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst at The Price Group here in Chicago. And hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's an option for you. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We are back next Wednesday, and we're talking crypto. It's been roughed up, and things look bleak, and that's often a great opportunity to get into an investment. We're going to talk all about it, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.